Goosebumps number 59, The Haunted School by R.L. Stein. They're watching you learn the hard way. He's hearing voices from another world. Tommy Fraser's dad just got married. Now Tommy's got a new mom, and he's going to a new school, Bell Valley Middle School. Tommy doesn't hate school, but it's hard making friends. And his new school is so big, it's easy to get lost. Which is exactly what happens. Tommy gets lost. Lost in a maze of empty classrooms. And that's when he hears the voices. Kids' voices. Crying for help. Voices coming from behind the classroom walls. Listener, beware. You're in for a scare. Nice kids. They're gonna love Dark Falls. Somebody's out there. Saber's coming. Come on, man, we gotta go. Saber's hungry. Stay out of the basement! I must have your beautiful hands. It's time to go back, back, back to school. It's time to go back to school. Hey guys, I'm Daniel Montgomery. Hey, I'm Matthew Scott Montgomery. We just made up that song, and you're listening to Welcome to Deadcast, the Goosebumps podcast. We love Goosebumps, and we're going to talk about all them books. Oh yeah, girl, but today we's talking about number 59, The Haunted School. It's time to go back to school. Time to go back to school. The Haunted School came out in September 1997. Whoa, whoa, slow down, Daniel. I just wanted to say that... This is top five Goosebumps books for me. Girl, it might even be top four. Oh, ten. What are the other three then? Curse of Camp Cold, Like Attack at the Jack-O-Lantern's Haunted Mask. I don't know about the other one. That's great. Yeah, but like, if I, I think it might be top five. I have to say that this book is definitely, definitely top five nastiest books for sure. This book is just, you guys, I've been looking for, honestly, since we started this podcast 17,000 years ago, I've been looking forward to doing this very episode. I love this one so much. It's so nasty. You're right. This one is really nasty. And I think it it gets back, it it goes back to basics with this one because it's like just a good old spook show and it's dark and twisted and scary. And it's not like super weird or sci-fi or silly. I mean, it's pretty weird. But I mean, like, it's not like Beast from the East weird. It's not like Chicken no. Chicken weird. It's, it's like no, we're in a it's none of that crap. No, it's like we're in a motherfucking school and Ooh. get these motherfucking snakes off my motherfucking locker. Ooh. Matthew, tell um the listeners and me what the cover looks like. You guys, this Goosebumps books cover is so much fun. If you haven't seen it before, Google right now, right now, right now. Do you promise the haunted school? Um, it's a set of bright pink lockers, mm. um, and one locker is opening, is open, and there is a bunch of black and white or, you know, gray shoes and books and pencils and reports 
pouring, spilling like a waterfall out of this locker. And peering in the deepest, darkest part of this locker are three sets of gray eyes watching you. Also, on the locker door, it's open. There's Curly, who is the Goosebumps mascot. We've only talked about Curly a little bit. Well, it's not really Curly, I guess. It's like a skeleton face. Curly has a shock of pink hair and usually wears sunglasses. This if this is Curly, it's, it's he got a haircut and he's not wearing his sunglasses. But it's this kind of cartoony skeleton face that we get a lot. Um, Curly's always featured on the Tales to Give You Goosebumps books covers, which Dan and I will be talking about in a few episodes from now, um, which are, are short story Goosebumps books. Um, and there's a lot of like Curly merchandise that came out. Curly's never actually featured in any of the books. He was just kind of this like... Uh, we should do some research on Curly and figure out where he came from, what his He's exact just, deal is. He, he ended up becoming becoming this sort of unofficial mascot of Goosebumps without being an actual Goosebumps character. He just was what Tim Jacobus ended up drawing for a lot of, again, like Matthew said, the Tales to Give You Goosebumps books. And he also was featured in merchandise like Goosebumps, a Goosebumps calendar and stuff like that. And he, he ended up becoming, you know, one, one of the... the the bony faces of Goosebumps. Um, I think this cover is so sexy and interesting and weird and frightening and iconic. And if you, after you listen to this episode, after you read this book, spoiler alert, you can check out some of the foreign covers. There's a cover for L'Ecoleonte, uh, which is the haunted school in French, which gives spoiler alert. Did you see that one? I did not see it really, that one. It gives away what happens later in the book. And then I think there's, I want to say, a Japanese one that's inspired by this cover, but it's like swirling brown mist pouring out of lockers instead. Oh, in- I think that might be a different kind of book. Um, but this one is just... It's 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 the perfect back to school s- spook show. So are you guys ready to get scared, Daniel? Take it away. So our protagonist is Tommy Fraser. Is that how you would pronounce F A R A Z E R? Yes. P I Z Z A. Fraser. He's in sixth. He's in sixth grade. He's starting a new school. He sixth just grade. moved to Bell Valley, where after his dad got married, and um. He's he's now attending Bell Valley Middle School, and it's been a week at school, and he hasn't made a ton of friends. People are like relatively nice, not super mean or necessarily. They're just not overtly friendly. It's hard making friends. It is hard. I'm making alone all friends. the time. Same. He decides to sign up for the dance decorations committee to meet some new kids, and and that's where we start the book. He is working on the committee with only two other students, two popular students. One is a, na- a guy named Ben Jackson and the other is Talia Halpert Rodis. I'm going to pause you right there. Yes, please do. So, there is an audiobook version of The Haunted School. Um it's uh I forget if it's official or not. It I, sounds official to me. Yes, it, it's it's a kind of a joy to it. a joyless male narrator. I'll insert some clips, but instead of Talia he says her name is Thalia. Thalia Halpert Rodas dropped her lipstick into her bag and came running over to me. Tommy, are you okay? She demanded. Now, to be fair, it is spelled T-H-A-L-I-A, but my brain tells me that's Talia. My brain always told me Talia, but now that that man said Thalia, I think it's wrong, but I like it better. So should we agree to say Talia instead of Thalia? Let's go back and forth between Talia and Thalia just to confuse everyone. That sounds good to me. Okay. So Ben, Thalia, Talia, and Tommy are all members of the Itty Bitty Titty Committee. (laughs) (laughs) Tommy's a total klutz, and he starts off the book basically by falling off a ladder and banging his head on the ground. Pause. You know what's so one of of my favorite things about this book that I gave an A- um, is that there's no annoying little brother or sister. A toot toot. I'm a little toot toot boy. I'm a little toot toot 
boy. <laughs> I like that too. And he, I love this book. Tommy's such Tommy's such a klutz. I think I'm. He's a, not like Samantha Bird klutz, but no. I think Matthew. I might be a klutz. Um, I am. I bang. I go out of my way to bang into things, and I, 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 I would like to believe I have better like body awareness than I do, but I struggle with it. I don't think. I think I'm the same, but I don't think I'm a klutz. I identify as a clumsy motherfucker. Yes, that's probably right. I think I'm a little bit clumsy. Yes. Sometimes I bang into the walls in my apartment when I'm just walking to the kitchen, and I say out loud all the time, I'm like not even making a joke for this podcast, like alone in my apartment, I say, I am the clumsiest motherfucker. I, 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 I love the word clumsy. Clumsy. Yeah, a klutz. When I think of klutz, I think of like 50s high school um, square glasses, can't do anything right. Whoops, klutz. But when I think of clumsy, I think of It's got me, me tripping, stumbling, stumbling. That, 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 that kind of thing. Um, but I identify with this a little bit. But I, I don't fall off the, I don't fall off a ladder and bang my head. Ouchie! I can't believe how often people bang their head in books. Yeah, Tommy fell hard on his head. Anyway, let's get to it. Uh, I want to describe everybody. Uh, Talia has curly blonde hair. She is always wearing tons of makeup. Same. And like she's always reapplying lipstick, orangey powder on her cheek. And I guess Tommy learned pretty quickly that kids always make fun of her and say things like, oh, her face must be broken because she's always trying to fix it. Because she's always putting on makeup. But I would, she's still I would very think popular. she's really cool. I think she's pretty cool, too. And uh, Ben looks kind of similar to her. Um, he is, they're bo- both of them are tall and thin and blonde with blue eyes. And that's cool. Uh, Tommy thinks Talia is pretty awesome looking. I've said this before in the podcast. Remember, I love using the just the word awesome for being like sexy or hot for 12-year-olds. And Tommy himself is, um, what is it? He said his new mom says that he'll look cute once he loses some of that baby fat. Wow. Which, mm, I don't support that. Um, uh, what's that line from, from Showgirls? What are you hanging from the ceiling or something? Try yoga, babe. No, it's um. No, it's not. Call me one. when you fuck some of that baby fat off. What's MGM spelled backwards? MGM. So they're making these banners for the the dance banners that say stuff like Bell Valley rocks and the the mascot is a bison and they're making these banners and. I love the school colors. The school colors are black and red. And Thalia's like, where's the red pent? And Ben's like, oh, I only grabbed black, but the art room is all the way on the third floor. Ugh, I don't want to go all, all the way up there. And Tommy's like, I can do it. <laughs> I can be cool. And so he wants to, like, impress them. It's like, I'll go run and get it. They're like, are you sure you won't get lost? He's like, no, no, I know how to find it. And he runs full speed out of the gym. They're doing this in the gym, by the way. They He runs full speed out of the gym and into the hallway and runs smack into a girl Whoops. Who, who he barrels into her and she smacks her head on the concrete floor. Oh, everyone's just banging their heads in this book. It's happened twice in two pages and she stands up and he sees that Fucking she's bangers. This, this menacing girl who is t- a foot taller than him. She's got broad shoulders. She looks like a wrestler. She's got white blonde hair, steel gray eyes. And he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. But she moves closer and closer to him like she's going to beat him up. No, please. The school is haunted. Good evening, America. I'm Chloe Sevigny. It's recently come to my attention that I have created the perfect haunted house. 
And then he she says, what are you going to do to me? What are you going to do? He, so she says, I'm going to go home if you'll just move out of my way. Oh. And her her weird gray eyes linger on Tommy for a while. And then she runs off. Dion, has anyone ever told you that you don't have blue eyes, you have gray eyes? No, no one's ever told me that. Uh, I used to get that all the time. From who? Jeremy Thompson and all of his brothers. One time I went over to his house and his brothers sat around and they talked about how my eyes were gray and not blue. And it, are they colorblind? Um, I don't think so. We have bright blue eyes. I don't understand that. I think it's fine. I'm sorry for just wasting everyone's time. Let's go back to talking about Thalia. So, <laughs> so honestly, when I think of this book, I think when of a few I think things. Of you, and I think of this book. Thalia Halpert Rodis is one of my favorite iconic Goosebumps it's characters. It's a name that <laughs> never leaves my Yeah. So he go, makes his way to the third floor and is walking around and he turns some corners and go, uh, comes to a hall that has creaky wooden floors, which I think is so interesting. And he gets to the art room and while he's in the art room, he hears some voices. And he can't exactly tell where they're coming from, but he can hear a boy and a girl whispering, and he's like, does that Ben and Talia? It sounds like them. And he thinks Ben and Talia are hiding and trying to tease him, and that, but he can't find them anywhere. He's you like, guys, what are you guys doing? Hello, coming out, you guys. This isn't funny, you guys. They're playing a joke on the new kid. So he goes into like the art closet or something and grabs a bunch of cans of red paint and hears them again, this time laughing and talking excitedly. But then he pokes his head out of the closet and sees that there's still no one there. Where are these voices coming from? I don't understand. What'd you call me? So he he steps into the next room to see if they're hiding in the next room, but there's no one there. So that's weird. So as he's leaving to go back down to the gym, he sees a shadow standing in an open doorway and screams and screams, but it's just the janitor standing there. Uh, janitor's your superior. And he just passes the janitor makes his way down the stairs and then realizes making my way down the stairs he's like these are different stairs i think i don't recognize these bulletin boards and then he ends up on the stairs and on the second floor he's like wait i need to take another flight of stairs down where am i and he starts looking around for more stairs gets creeped out sees a skeleton in a classroom window like in a science lab you know Fine. and then he sees a black cat <gasps> black cat night life's long days short nights but it's just a black wool cap on the floor and then he reaches a dead end and is like wait where am I? And he sees that he sees an old boarded up doorway. Wait, can we just pause for a second? Did it frustrate you like it frustrated me where I cannot understand the layout of the school? Oh, what do you think? Well, here's the thing. There's two things that give me the red ass about this book. And I'll point out the second one later. The first one is I cannot understand the layout of the school. Oh, because it doesn't make no sense. However, now that we're saying this out loud, I'm sharing my, my opinions with you. I'm realizing that it's confusing on purpose because that's why Tommy is getting lost. Just like I'm mentally getting lost. So now there's only one thing that gives me the red ass. You have to tune in later to find out what it is. Stay tuned. Stay toot. So <laughs> he sees that... My gold toot. He sees that things are looking different and in this in, in this area of the school and he sees a bunch of boarded up doors and unmarked doors and he tries one of these doors that don't look like a classroom door. It kind of looks like a closet door and he opens the door and sees that there's a crowd of gray kids just staring at him. Yeah, I love this book. It's are you, are you guys ready for like full tilt madness? Like nasty weirdness? It's so good. So he's like oh no what are all these kids doing here and then he sees oh these aren't kids these are statues. There are dozens of kids and they're all dressed in 
old-timey clothes standing in, I think, like three lines, kind of staring straight ahead, but they're not smiling. They all look kind of miserable. And the boys are in wide neckties and sports jackets. And the girls have shoulder pads with long skirts. And these, like, statues of these kids are super, super detailed. You can even see, you, you can even see pimples on their face and their faces and their little scars. And when Tommy touches their faces, they're smooth, cool plaster. And even touches the hair of one of the boys and it's a wig because it sloughs off and he sees they have glass eyes oh my god isn't this so fun i know i'm loving it but it's so dark in there he can't really see so he takes his grandfather's lucky lighter that he always keeps in his pocket and he lights in front of these kits faces to see the closer faces of these kits and then he sees that there's a sign over the door that says class of 1947 and then a voice asks what are you doing here and he looks over and sees it's Mrs. Borden, the principal. And Little she's standing Lizzie in the doorway. Borden. Mrs. Borden is chubby, has short, curly black hair, and is always blushing. Who does she think she is? Miss Ungermeyer? And she says, oh, uh, what are you doing here, Tommy? This is the old building. You're far away from the gym where I know you're supposed to be. And he's like, well, but what is this room? She says, private. It's a sad room. This was the first class. They all disappeared, all 25 of them, into thin air. A tragedy. The town had a new school built around the old school and just boarded up the old school. And a local artist made these statues as a tribute to the the missing students based off of a photo. Ooh, this is so good. Missing kids. All 25 of them disappeared in 1947. And here are the miserable tribute statues. Statues, just to scare you. I volunteer as tributes. I volunteer as tribune. So she leads him away from the classroom and takes him back to... Take it back now, y'all. Takes him back to the gym. And as they walk back, he notices that the hallways sort of brighten up into brighter yellow. And then she points him down a, a flight of stairs and says, there you go, you just take that straight to the gym. And he gets back to the gym and he sees that Ben and Thalia are face down on the floor. And he screams, no, no. And he drops the paint cans and running towards them. And starts running towards them, and they wake up laughing, and they were all—they were just pulling a prank, and they're like, "Ha ha ha, lol! We're just playing a trick. We were making bets that you'd get lost. Give me some money." <laughs> and then Talia puts on some makeup, and then Ben runs home, and Tommy's like, "Oh yeah, I, I did get lost, and I ran into this creepy girl, and." Talia's like, "Oh, you mean Greta? Stay away from her. She's weird." You ran into Greta. And that's Greta. And he said, and then I heard these weird voices upstairs. And Talia says, you heard them, the voices? And he said, yeah. And then she starts, tears start streaming down her face. And then she immediately runs out of the gym. Same. So a few days later, he's in class. And Mr. Mr. Devine's class. Loretta Devine's class. And Mr. Devine steps up for a second. And the classroom goes buck wild. Wow. And they start taking their tops off and turning up a boombox and having a great old time hooping and hollering. Wow, everyone's acting awesome and awesome looking. I'd like to point out, because it's back to school September... It's, it's a cloudy autumn day with red and yellow leaves blowing around and up my skirt. Wow, this book is nasty. And Thalia is putting on a bunch of lipstick when Same. Greta comes up to her and yanks the lipstick away. Bitch! And so Greta and this other guy start to- tossing Thalia's lipstick back and forth, and Talia absolutely freaks out. She totally freaks out. 
and she starts going wild. Give me my lip stitch. Give me my lip stain. And they die as she dives for it and dives across the classroom and skids her tits on the floor and grabs for it. And Greta ends up take like taking the lipstick because she's so tall and draws this red smiley face on Talia's forehead. This is bullying. What is this? A uh, um. A hazing uh, fraternity, whatever. Keep going. Tommy, Tommy tries to step in and help, and he's gonna. He's jumping. He's like, Greta, don't do that. When Mister Divine walks in and is like, Tommy, what are you doing out of your seat? And Tommy's like, Uh, I don't. But I, uh, and Mister Divine makes everyone sit down. So it's quiet reading time. It's quiet reading time, and Tommy is reading a Ray, Ray Bradbury book. Ding ding ding! That's Robert Lawrence Stein's favorite author. He loves Ray Bradbury. And Tommy points out, I, Ray Bradbury's stuff is good and has fun surprise endings. Wink. <laughs> then he hears a, a girl whisper, please help me. Please help me. And he slams his book closed and said, did anybody hear that? He said, did anyone hear that girl pleading for help? And Mr. Divine goes, Son, you're, you're too, too young, young to start, start hearing voices. voices. But then everybody laughs and laughs. But then Tommy hears it again. Somebody saying, "Please help please, me, please, you somebody, ha- you got to help me, help me, please." And next thing you know, it's the night of the dance. Oh wow, it's time for the. What are they celebrating? Just a dance. It it is the the dance. Oh great, that sounds fun. And they're putting up a bunch of t- decorations, including a painting of a bison giving a thumbs up and it's literally only Thalia, Ben, and Tommy doing this. That's okay. I love Thalia, Ben, and Tommy and I wish there was a TV show about them and honestly like for some reason this book I can just like see the whole book. I can just like feel it and I love this book. So they get up there early to set up the refreshments and I guess a band is playing that night at the dance and it's a band called Grunt. (laughs) It's so real. Don't they have like six guitar players or something like that? Oh, totally. And they're supposed to show up early but they're not there yet. Mrs. Borden walks in with wearing a shiny red party dress and her hair done up with a tiara. I have to put my party dress on. And she gives she gives him a Polaroid camera to take pictures of everything. And Tommy's like, but the band's not here, and everything's uh, blah, blah. And Mrs. Borden said, you need to, you're getting too stressed out, hey. That's not how we roll at Bell Valley Middle School. She said, you better take it easier. You won't survive until the dance. And Tommy says to the readers, little did I realize, I would never say the dance. Do you like that stuff, or does it bug your bug? It kind of bugs me. Yes, because it's like that thing. It's that thing where I'm like, let me experience it in the moment. I don't need none of that foreshadowing, but sometimes it's fun. It's fun, and it's silly, and let's honestly have a good time. Yeah, I'm excited about this dance. So Tommy's taking pictures, the band shows up, and Greta is in the band. And Matthew's right, they have like five guitar players, and she and one of the other guitar players start having a guitar duel with their guitars, and like lifting up their guitars and like sort of smashing them against each other, and they end up tearing um, one of the really good banners in half. No, we spent all of that time on it. And Ben's like, well, I guess we can just tape it back together but we have to go to the art room to get the tape. And Tommy's like, if you're watching this tape, kids are already showing up. So Tommy runs down the hall with Ben and, and Tommy's heads one way and Ben goes, no, no, you're going the wrong way. And Tommy, who's been at the school for one week said, no, I know the way I went this way last time and goes in the complete opposite direction of where they're supposed to go. And Ben's like, I don't think this is right, but okay. They end up at this boarded up dead end hallway, which I don't, I don't know how that happens, but they end up at a boarded up sort of like part of the school. Mrs. Borden part. And 
Ben's like, I told you, Tommy. And Ben's so, he's like, I'm so angry at you for following me. For, for I'm so angry at me, myself for following Ugh, you. I followed you to school one day, which was against the rules. He's so angry at himself that he bangs his fists he, against the posts, against the boarded up wall. And the boards break away. And Ben falls through the boards. And they realize that the boards are covering a long, dark hallway. And Tommy's like, this must be the old skull. And then he sees that there's an elevator at the end of the hallway and says, come on, let's just take that up to the art room and t- ben's like i don't know but tommy's like no we'll take the elevator it'll be fine come on i've had great ideas so far and the the elevator ends up working and even though it's been boarded up in a dark hallway with no lights and there's a there's even a dusty ceiling lamp in the elevator that works and they press the button to go to the third floor would you go into a like a creepy old elevator if you found it i probably would but I wouldn't right now because I'd be worried about getting back to the dance. Oh, yes. And I wouldn't chance it. I would say, no, we should just take the stairs or I would remember how to get there. What if you were in love with Ben? If I were in love with Ben, then um, I would um, I would go wherever he said and do whatever he did. I've always wanted a friend like Ben. So none of the buttons in the elevator work, and Ben is really over it and frustrated with Tommy, and Tommy is upset because he's had this big crush on Ben for so long. <laughs> and the, and they're like, what about the open, like, the the door is closed, by the Why way. Why don't we open the door? It says, press, press the button. There's no buttons for an open door. Press the button, press any button. None of the buttons work, and they realize they're stuck in the elevator. Well, they, it sounds like Tommy's pressing Ben's buttons. Oh, oh wow. He could press some mine. <laughs> Click, click. There's a red button that says emergency, so they press that button because, girl, it's, it's l'emergency. And they press it, and there's finally a hum that, that finally. Sig- signals that it's moving, and the elevator starts moving, but guess what? It moves sideways. Oh, my God, sideways stories from Bell Valley Middle School. And it moves for a bit, but then comes to an abrupt stop, and then the doors open to blackness. And then they step out of the elevator, and the doors immediately close behind them. Oh, no. No, please. And then they're stuck in this pitch black room, and they feel around the walls. They feel around for a button. And they Tommy can't... starts feeling around Ben for his button. But there ain't no buttons anywhere, girl. They can't find no buttons to get back in the elevator. And Ben starts freaking out, and Tommy goes, no, no come here. It's going to be okay. And they kiss. <laughs> and you then... see why I like this book so much? So they start feeling they start feeling the walls to the right, which everybody knows you should hug the left wall. Ooh, oh, that's ooh. right. That is right. That's how you get out of a maze. You hug the left wall. Anyway, they get to it. They find a door or something, and then they hear a cough, and they realize they're not alone. (gasps) And then all of a sudden, these dim gray lights turn on, and they see that it's a completely gray classroom. It's black and white. Like literally black and white. Like an old movie. There's a black gray pattern on the floor, and they make their way to the classroom door when a girl calls out and steps from behind a book cabinet. She has short, straight black hair with bangs, an old-fashioned v-neck sweater, a long pleated skirt, black and white saddle shoes, but her skin, her eyes, her everything is gray. And she said, we heard you coming. And Ben and Tommy go, we? And then four more kids pop out from hiding, and they all gray. And they say, look at them. And all the gray kids rush forward and grab them, pulling at their clothes, ripping off their clothes. And Tommy and Ben scream, they're going to tear us apart. They're going to tear us apart. And they're pulling on Ben's shoes and tugging off their clothes. And one boy screams to stop. 
And they all do. But they're like, oh my gosh, so much color. Look at the color. I have to touch the color. It hurts my eyes. It's like a dream. They say, do you still dream in color? My dreams dreams are all in black and white. white. We didn't mean to hurt you. We We just just haven't haven't seen seen color in so long. Did Did you you come come to help help us? We haven't seen color in so long. Look at that color. They said, we're like, come to help you. No, they said, that's too bad because now that you're here, you You can can never never leave. leave. And Ben Ben and Tommy are like, what? And they say, it's not a joke. And the, the the leader of the group is a guy named Seth. He has wavy black hair and big black eyes. There's another girl with long gray hair named Mona. Mysterious Mona, that's me. There's a girl named Eloise, and she has a cold. She can't stop sneezing. And she says, I think I have a cold because I never get to see the sun. And Mary is the girl with bangs from earlier. And then a guy named Eddie. And they explain that Tommy and Ben are like, where are we? What's what happening? I don't Why understand the dance. Gray? Like, I don't understand. And they're like, hey, we're we're not actually really in the school anymore. And you'll never get back to your school, the school. And Ben and Tommy are like, what? This is crazy. Y'all are crazy. Get the this fuck is out of my joke. way. I'm going to try to get out of this door. So, the, yeah, they try to take the door, like, just take the classroom door out of it. Like, out of the, you know, exit out the door. And Seth stops them and says, I need you guys to sit down. And they're like, no, we're going to make a run for it. But the door is locked and they can't get it to open. So Seth is like, I told you guys, I, I don't want to keep you here, but there's no way out of here. So why don't you just sit down and I'll tell you about everything. And so everyone takes seats in the classroom while Seth tells them this story. It, he says, we're in Grey World. Haven't you ever wondered what was on the other side of a wall? It's us. He said, we were the original class of 1947, and we've been stuck here ever since. We've been here since 1947. And Ben's like, what? If you guys would be, if you guys, you guys would be old. I don't understand. He tries making uncomfortable jokes. And Seth's Seth is like, like, no, I'm telling you the truth, girl. He said, he said, let me explain. You see, we were all taking a class photo, and... The photographer who was taking the photo was an evil photographer He's named Evil. He was named Mr. Chameleon. Everyone knew he was evil, but he was the only photographer in town, so he had to take the picture. But the thing is, he hated kids. And all the class of 1947 was rough. They were all roughhousing and laughing, and Mr. Chameleon was so frustrated with him. He lined them up in three rows and then made them pose in front of his old camera, and he held the flash, and he said cheese. And after the flash, they were all stuck in this room, and they've been stuck there ever since because the magic and evil of Mr. Chameleon <laughs> and they said, we can't get out. We try and call for help. And Tommy's like, I heard you guys. I heard you guys from behind the walls. And they say that there's no luck. Isn't that story terrifying, you guys? I absolutely love this story. But then Tommy looks down at his hands and he starts screaming. No, this is too scary. He looks and sees that his fingers are gray. And oh, it's, no. the gray is, 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 is creeping into his palms. And Ben's too. He's like, no, no, we can't turn gray. We can't. And Tommy starts freaking out and bangs, bangs, bangs on the doors, tries to get out, tries to get out of the elevator, but nothing, nothing, no button, no nothing. And as he does so, his arms start to turn gray too. And he's like, we've got to open the elevator doors. We've got to. So he and Ben try and pry it open, nothing. And then they go to the windows because there's windows in the classroom. And they're like, look, we're going to escape out the windows. And then the the, the kids say, don't go out there. Please stay away from the kids out there. They've all gone crazy. They'll They'll take take you to the pit. pit. But they scramble out the windows and run out anyway. 
And this is where it starts getting crazy. Yeah, this gets crazy and nasty and wild. They run out into the black night. There's no stars and everything everywhere is black and white and gray. Nothing. Uh, nothing is colored. Nothing. Oh, it's so frightening. I'm, uh, where did the light come from? I mean, like, oh, man. I don't know. The light is coming to take back everything the darkness stole. To give back everything the darkness stole. Sure. I've only heard it once. Stole, 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 stole. So they're running and they look back to the school and see that it's not their big old school that they're used to. It's just a flat one-story building with a swing set out front. And they look and see the houses around the school and they're nothing like the houses that are around the actual school and everything's different and it's totally gray. And they see that a thick wall of fog is building up and Ben and Tommy just run through the night and run through the streets and they freak out and the fog is, the fog is so thick they can't see anything. And they freak out. and they're Is like, that so frightening, guys? It's stuck around through this dark dream world, gray world? It's so thick they literally can't see anything. So they're like, okay, why don't we just walk till we get we hit a house and then just spend the night there and maybe the fog won't be as bad in the morning. Because all the houses look abandoned. There's no lights. There's no dogs. There's no birds. There's no nothing. No, no, no one anywhere. And they're crossing a lawn towards a house, they think, when someone knocks Tommy to the ground. And it turns out it's just a black cat jumping from a tree branch. Pussy. And then they hear a girl's voice say, over there. And a boy's voice says, grab them. Don't let them get away. And kids appear out of the fog, forming a circle around them. And it looks to be about 20 kids disappearing in and out of the fog. Whispering to each other. They say, you have still color. Color, 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 color. They start repeating the word color, 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 color. And Ben and Tommy like, please help us. And a boy says, turn, turn, turn. Then a girl says, Turn, turn, turn. Then everybody starts saying, turn, 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 turn. And you guys, this group of 20 gray kids form a tight circle around them, and they begin to move to the right and together do this choreographed dance. One leg high, a step to the right, and then give a little kick. Then another high step to the little kick, and then another kick, and another holding hands, doing their twisted dance, chanting, turn, turn, turn. Turn, turn, turn to gray, gray. Turn, 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 turn to gray. gray. A steady, turn, turn, frightening turn rhythm, gray. chanting, turn, twisting, turn, jumping turn, up, turn, a little turn, kick, turn, a turn to the turn, right. Turn, a weird turn, ceremony turn, holding turn, them there, watching turn, them, turn, making them turn, 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 turn to gray. Tommy turn, counts turn. nine girls, ten boys, and the fog starts to dissipate a little bit, and he sees that they all have cold, hard looks on their faces, and they're like, these kids are crazy, and we need to make a run for it right now. So Ben and Tommy decide on the count of three to run in opposite directions, just break the circle and get out of there. But the kids are moving closer. Now they're arm in arm, doing that weird, stupid dance and screaming, turn, turn, turn to gray. And they're like, we got to go now. So they make a run for it. But Tommy slips on the grass and pulls a muscle. Ouchie. And Ben gets tackled. No, please. And then the kids shove them together. And Tommy's like, please, please, what's going on? They say, turn, turn. And Tommy goes, yeah, I heard that. And the kids start saying crazy stuff like this. No color in the moon. No color in the stars. No color in my dreams. No color in the moon. No color in the stars. No color in my dreams. And Tommy goes, please make sense. Just help us get back to the school. And they say, we left the school. No color in the school. No color anywhere. We'll never go back to school. No school. No school. No school. School. No school! And they start chanting no school and they start pulling them up a hill and they're like, Ben and Tommy like, where are you taking us? To the they black say, pit. The black pit. They say, will you jump or will you have to push you? No color in my <laughs> dreams. No color in the stars. No color in no the moon. No school. Then we four kids the approach school. them at the top of the hill carrying four buckets of steaming, sour, black, bubbling liquid. 
and a girl starts handing out harsh metal cups to everyone. And I'm just going to read this page because it's so nasty. It's too nasty. Drink, drink, drink. Kids cheered and applauded. They lined up eagerly. As Ben and I stared in horror, they each dipped a cup into the smelly black gunk and then drank it down. No color in the drink. No color in the cup. Drink, drink, drink the blackness. I tried once again to break free, but three boys held me now. I couldn't move. They were cheering and laughing. A boy drank a whole cup of the smelly black liquid and then spewed it into the air. Loud cheers. A girl spit loudly and sprayed black gunk onto the face of the girl beside her. A boy sprayed the black liquid up like a fountain. We cover ourselves in blackness, a boy boomed in a loud, deep voice. We cover ourselves because there's no color in the moon, no color in the stars. No color on the earth! A girl spit black gunk over the hair of a short boy with glasses. The black liquid rolled slowly down his forehead and over his glasses. He bent down to fill his cup, drank and spit a gob of it down the front of a girl's coat, laughing and cheering, hooting at the top of their lungs. Hootie pie! They sprayed each other, spit and sprayed the hot black gunk until they were covered, drenched, dripping, covered in oily blackness. They all began to chant, no color in the cup, no color color in the drink. Too nasty. Can you guys believe this? Can you see why I love this book and I touch myself? They peer over the edge of this hill and they see that there's a steep drop into blackness, that there's thick, like there's a pit of this black stuff. And Tommy starts gagging and they start chanting, jump, 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 jump into, into the, the black, black pit. pit. And Tommy goes, why? And they say, cover yourself, cover yourself in blackness like us. <gasps> And they start laughing and cheering and black goose spilling down their faces, tossing their head back and spewing the black liquid in the air. <laughs> and all of a sudden, the laughing and cheering stop, and Tommy hears screaming. And then hands push him hard into the pit. And then, no, no wait, actually, Arl Stein was wrong. Hands, no, he, he was wrong. Hands hold on to him and pull him away from the pit. And it's, it's Seth. Seth has shown up and says, run, run, we came to rescue you. And there's Mary and Eloise there too and they're helping Ben and they run, run, run and like try and make it out. But, the, but, but as they run, the kids stop them and encircle them and then they're, then they're stuck again. And Ben has an idea where he sees a pile of dead leaves in the middle of the circle and he grabs his grandpa's lighter and lights the leaves on fire. And the kids start screaming. It's such a great idea. It's too bright. It hurts for my eyes. I can't see. It's too bright. Did you guys think that that lighter was going to come back? You knew it was. Bright yellow flames, right? They, yes. They, like, it's, they, they're, they're totally shocked. So they all run for it. And they get back to the school. And Mo, Mary and Eloise and Seth explain that the kids have gone crazy. That they make their, they made, they've made their own rules. And these strange tra- traditions, like covering themselves in this black goo every night, they've lost it. And that's why the five of them just stay in the school. And... They, um, oh, I guess they didn't get back to the school just yet. They they get, basically get chased by them, um, the, the kids, back to the school. And once they get back into the classroom, Mona sees Tommy and says, oh, Tommy, you better look in the mirror. And, and so yes. um, Ben and Tommy go look at themselves in the mirror, and they've turned completely gray except for their cheeks and the tips of their noses. And they start to freak out. This is the French cover. It is a boy's face. It's black and white, but his, his cheeks and his nose are pink. And then there's a bunch of gray eyes behind him, and he's screaming. They're almost completely gray, right? And The kids are like, there's no way out. But then they admit that one girl escaped a few weeks ago, but they don't know how. And, and Tommy's like, oh my gosh, that must be Greta. That must be Greta. 
Tommy's like, so the, the lighter worked by the dead leaves. Maybe if I hold the lighter to the wall, the bright yellow of the flame will change the gray on the wall into its real color. And then we can maybe escape through the color wall. But the lighter won't work. And he tries to get it to work, tries to get it to work. But once he does get it to work, the flame is gray. Oh, no. And at that point, their cheeks have become gray. And all that is left are the tiny pink snubs of their little noses. And right that moment, basically, they hear the elevator opening. Oh, and by the way, Tommy is, knows for sure that it's Greta, right? Yes. That Greta's the one that has that has escaped. She, he, she has those gray eyes. She wears all black. It's got to be Greta. It's got to be Greta. All of a sudden, they hear the elevator doors opening up. And and the doors open up, and it is Greta. No, actually, it's Thalia. And it's Thalia. And the the other kids are like, Thalia, Thalia, Talia, it's you. Thalia, we've missed you. And it turns out, of course, it's not Greta that, you know, Talia's been out of, you know, been, been in the color world for a few weeks and has already become immediately popular. And that's why she always puts on makeup and lipstick because she's actually completely gray. This is the second thing that gives me the gray ass about this book because upon, upon rereading it to me, it seems so totally obvious. Maybe because I knew what was happening later, but I was like, Thalia is not fucking, she's wearing all that makeup because she's gray underneath. And it seems so obvious to me. But my, my thing is like, did she get, she wear a wig? She wear she dye her hair. She wear a wig. What's going on? She must wear a wig. You know, I don't. What's going on? What about, what about your hands, girl? She wears makeup on her hands. All right, do what you gotta do. So she explains how she escaped, and she said that she still had her like bag or whatever with her. And fifty years later, she just was looking through the bag because she hadn't looked at it in fifty years and found a <laughs> tube of lipstick. And got excited that discovering when she opened the lipstick, the lipstick itself still had color. And she got so excited by the color on the lipstick that she started drawing with it and made cute pictures. But when the lipstick touched the wall, it made like a hole or made like an exit into the real world. So she drew like a hole in the wall and went through it and turned around and that the, she saw that the hole had instantly closed before she could go back and get the other ones. And she tried to make an, a hole on the that the real world wall, but realized that um, it's just normal lipstick in the real world. So she was just decided that she could fool everyone and be put up, like sign up for school and just be a student now and be a popular student. <laughs> and so, so, but she... In, in this moment, speaking to the students, she realizes that it doesn't make sense for her to be in the world now, the color world now. Gray world is where she belongs. Gray world is where she belongs. And those the, 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 the gray students in the gray, in gray world actually should stay there and shouldn't join the real world because it just doesn't make sense. And this is where they belong now. And so it's she so said sad. she tried to look for a way back, but she couldn't find it. But then she went to look for Ben and Tommy, found the elevator, and made it back. Right? Yeah. So now she decides that she's going to stay. So she, using her lipstick, she draws a doorway in the wall for Tommy and Ben to walk through. And she and all her friends just stay behind. And that's, isn't that sad? It is kind of sad. And I think it's really sweet. I think it's a really cool idea of how she escaped and lets them out. Like I want to see that bright li- red lipstick. Me too. Good for you, Thalia. I love you, girl. And Tommy and Ben find themselves just in a hallway and make it back to the gym. For some reason, they can find their way around this time. And when they get back, they see that their classmates... Everyone at the dance is in like a like they're being posed, 
like they're about to take a big picture. And Mrs. Borden says, hey, oh, you guys made it just in time. Yes, Mr. Chameleon, can you take the (gasps) class photo? And Tommy thinks, Mr. Chameleon, no, no, wait. And then Mr. Chameleon clicks the button of the camera and... No! So I'm going to read the first sentence, our first paragraph and last paragraph of the book. Yes, God. An invisible hand grabbed me and pulled me off the ladder. Flash! This is such a ludicrous, short, crazy, weird ending. And I think it's absolutely inexcusable. And I completely love it at the same time. I love everything about it. It makes zero sense. Like the whole school is posing for a photo and it's happened so fast. They like literally, Tommy and Ben literally run in and Mrs. Borden goes immediately goes, oh, we're taking class photo, come pose for Mr. Chameleon. Tommy goes, wait, for who? And then it's just flash. (laughs) Like it's ludicrous. It doesn't make any sense and I love it. I love it. I absolutely love this book and I I hope you guys had as much fun listening to this as we did rereading it. May we quickly talk about why this was not made into a TV episode? I think because the special effects that they would have to do. I think so too. I think the special effects were probably too too much of a budgetary concern. And you'd have to have sequences of black and white kids spraying black gunk all over their bodies. Yeah, it's like extra it's like extra level nasty that I'm not sure would have flown. I think it's so fun. It's it's almost as if it's so twisted and nasty that that Arlstein stuck it snuck it in without people actually realizing it. I I love it when he sneaks it in. Me too. And I love how, like, I love when he does aggressively weird and dark. And this book's not violent at all, but there's something kind of nasty and sinister and twisted about it that we haven't had in quite some time and may not really ever have again. Um, This is like, the series, to me, ends... Um, towards the end of the series, this is one of the high points of the entire original series is this book. Because I think it's just so... It's just so sexy and dark and scary. You know, it's not technically a haunted school. There's not actually any ghosts in this book. But the idea of turn, turn, turn to gray and gray world, I think about it all the time. And this is, this is I, I'm going to say top four Goosebumps books for me. I'm going to say Haunted Mask, Attack of the Jack-O-Lanterns, Curse of Camp Cold Lake, and The Haunted School. Nasty. Yes, I just absolutely love it. And it's a perfect book for back to school. True black. But you know what happens after back to school time? It's almost time for Halloween. Yes, that's right. Our next book, Werewolf Skin, is a Halloween book. And it is the last Halloween October book of the original Goosebumps series. We have three books left. Ooh, it's coming down to the wire. Yes. I'm so excited, you guys. If you want to say hey to us, please do. Say hey. Email us at welcometodeadcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter. My Twitter is Daniel Montgomery. My Instagram is Daniel X Montgomery. Um, my Instagram is Matthew underscore Scott underscore Montgomery. And my Twitter is iRobotUJane. And I just want to give a quick shout out to my good friend, Ashley Rose Wellman, who loves this podcast. And we love you. Ashley's like a super, super talented writer. And she's a playwright. And I got to do a, a stage reading of one of her plays earlier this year. And I'm obsessed with her. And she's the fucking coolest. Thank you for your review, girl. Let's hang soon. Do you promise? I also want to give a quick shout out to our friend, um, Rachel Weiner. Yes. Just, she and Smith. Hi, Smith. We, I just. I love Rachel and I love Smith so much. I just, you know, that there are those people that you don't see all that often, but you just have. They're that, family. They just have that special place. Yeah. And, um. Thanks for the little shout out on Instagram. Oh, and also, hi, Addison. Um, uh, I met you in a, in a cemetery last night. Literally. 
Ooh, I want to hear that story. Yes, thanks for listening. Anyway, you guys, um, we'll see you when it comes time for Halloween. If you dare. No color in the cup, a boy shouted. Drink the blackness, a girl cried. Drink, drink, drink. I'm a little toot-toot boy.